Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. Today, guys, I am bringing you someone I absolutely love, adore, think the world of. I don't even remember the last time I've seen her or when I first met her, but she's just one of those people that once you know her, you love her. She's a friend for life. My guest today is Sharon Swanepoel. She's an award-winning recording artist. She's an anti-bullying activist and the founder of Hashtag Inc. We're going to talk about all those things today. She's built the Seek and Save Orphan Care Center in South Africa. She's founded the Seek and Save Project, providing gospel books and a message of hope to children around the globe. And I had the joy of taking some of those books with me to Ghana. She is an ordained spiritual leader, passionate Christ follower, dynamic speaker, and program contributor on the Life Network for Women. She's working on her master's degree in ministry. She's originally from South Africa. She's a naturalized U.S. citizen and resides in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Sharon. I'm so excited to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you, Angela. I am blessed and really honored to be here with you. Um, you are quite the superwoman and um, one of my heroes. Aww. So um, I am blessed um, to be able to be here. I, I'm, sometimes it's a whirlwind when I see how many amazing things you got. You are busy doing. So um, thank you for, for having time to even um, inquire about what God's doing in my life. Oh, I love it. I, I was trying to think, when did I first meet you? I feel like you've just been one of those forever friends. And I'm wearing my binge Jesus t-shirt today because I feel like we are Jesus girls and we, we love we love us some Jesus. And, and um, maybe it was a conference that we first had you out for. I think now that I'm remembering in my licensing interview. Um, I was with, um, the pastor from Christ chapel and pastor Roberts. Yeah. And he, he is the one that mentioned you and Rudy and said, you guys need to have them at your church. So as I'm talking to you, that was the first, um, the first mention. And here we are so many years later and connected in so many ways. So I have a million things I want to talk to you about. So I'm just going to kind of dive right in. I know you might be new for, for some of our listeners. Um, so I want them to first know about your music and the way God speaks to you, especially not only does he give you prophetic songs and the music you've written, but he speaks very clearly through you prophetically in person as you minister. So talk about your process and what that has been like for the music that God has given you. You know, Angela, it's, um, we always feel that we've got to worship and we've got to do that. But um, I think when we give time to God to speak, you know, and, and spend time with him, he wants to sing songs over us. Mm. So um, Zephaniah 317, we all know that scripture that says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who saves. He will sing songs over you. You know, and so when we allow God and wait on him, I think Dallas Willard was somebody that said that God's speed is slow and we are so quick to do things but when we take time to listen to God then he speaks to us and he speak and he wants to sing through us too so it's it's never um 
cooked up or pre-prepared. You know, it's just that moment of, of God, what do you, what do you want to say? And then often things would happen and I would, and I would hear the song of the Lord come out and it's, it's never in, in the mind, but it's, it's, it's just by the spirit, you know, that still small voice of the Holy Spirit that always wants to be heard. And so that's, it's, it's not mystical. It's actually very simple just to wait on God and just to speak it out as it flows. Mm, I love that just to be a conduit. And you really are. I've seen you in, you know, in a live setting, I've listened to your music. There's such an anointing. Oh my goodness. Such anointing guys. If you've never listened to Sharon's music, you have to get her music before I even get to the end of the episode, where can they find your music? Sharon, is it online, like in digital spaces or would they purchase the CDs? Yes, Angela, it is um, on on all the digital um, CD Baby, iTunes, Spotify. They can can listen to it, you know, download it, and um, even on our website if they really want a hard copy CD, you know, for the those that the diehards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, there's a lot of scripture that comes through your, your music. So do you meditate on scripture first before you would sit down to you like myself, you play and sing. So you sit at the piano and, and I I've heard you sometimes start with songs that you, that we would know well, and then God kind of leads you prophetically. Is that your process at home when you're writing or do you just go in and, and sit and kind of see what comes? Are there scriptures that you've meditated on first? I kind of like to just know a little bit more about your process. Now, Angela, that's, that's um, funny that you would say that because the best songs that have ever come forth were just in moments when I was cleaning the house. Really? I would, I would be um, vacuuming the carpets or, you know, cleaning the floor. And I would just feel prompted by the, the Holy Spirit to go down and, and into my studio and start recording. Hmm. And um, it's, when when you live and you know Rudy and I spend time in the Word of God every single day. We you know we like to go through the Bible, not just you know read through the Bible, but really study some of the the verses and so on, and just have it seep in you know to to your spirit. Um, and that's it. The times really that I felt prompted, and these are those one take songs. You know. Um, a lot of the, one of my new albums was, um, Echoes of Joy. And that came going through very challenging time with pain in my back and, you know, all the problems that I had to go through. And a lot of those songs came in going through those difficult seasons. One song for, uh, it was I Dance. And that was when I couldn't even walk. So, oh. you know, I, I decided if I can't walk, I'm going to dance before the Lord. <laughs> Wow. I love that prophetically speaking, what, even if you can't do it to declare that truth and all of your, all of your songs have exalted the name of the Lord. And I think that's what there's, there's just such an anointing. And I love the fact that, that we don't have to always just kind of wait for these mountaintop moments where you think the heavens are going to open, just immerse yourself in the word. It's already in you. And then in those everyday ordinary moments, God just shows up and breathes on those moments and, and gives you, gives you these music. So I knew you first as a songwriter, a worship leader, such an anointed worship leader. And then you began to write books and we were really, I was blessed to be integrally involved early on because 
the artist for your early Seek and Save books, um, went to our church. So let's talk about Seek and Save. You know, you've never had children of your own. We've talked about that, but God has really given you thousands of children around the world. So what is the Seek and Save project? How did that come to be in your life? Well, Angela, um, yes, you, you and um, your husband and River of Life was really a very, very big part of even the, the coming together of the very first Seek and Save book. Mm. Um, I can remember in 96, oh, 2006, um, my husband, Rudy, and I um, met with Ronald Bonker, and he did um, a coming together of evangelists to s- discuss world evangelism. I remember being at um, Christ World Nation's headquarters in Florida, and on the on the walls there was these big uh, um, pictures of thousands, millions of people gathered together. Now I know you also went to go and be with Ronald Bonker. And, you know, you are so taken aback when you see the seas of faces. And while I was there, I was just weeping. I was saying, God, give me a concept that we can make soul winning um, as easy as this vision the Lord had given me during those times of, I remember as a little girl running into the ocean with my blouse and scooping up fish that would wash out on the South African, um, they called it the sardine run. And this would happen in Durban, South Africa. And while I was seeing those faces, That's the vision I had of Mm. scooping up fishes like that. And I remember God speaking to me and say, Sharon, I'm going to give you a concept that's going to make soul winning that easy. So as we were leaving this this, um, face-to-face meeting with Rhino Bonka, I was sitting in the car and God spoke to me and he said, you will write children's books and your two main characters will be seek the geek and save the brave because it will be based on Luke 19.10 that the son of man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. Mm. So I sat down, penned down 20 adventures that seek and save have to go on. And um, shortly after that, we we, la- we went to go and minister at um, your church yeah. And I remember um, you asking, what is God doing in our lives? And Rudy said, oh, Sharon is writing a children's book. And I can remember Dale saying, um, oh, who is going to illustrate your book? And um, I remember sitting, and we were at the Cracker Barrel, you, yeah. uh, you know, us four. And I said, well, we, we're praying for one. And um, you said, oh, my, but you prophesied over an illustrator this morning and Mm. it was as I was getting up to sing there was a young man sitting on the front row he had like a beanie cap he kind of looked like a muso to me like a you know musician (laughs) and um, the Lord just said to him I'm opening up doors of opportunity to you Mm. and and that was it and so you introduced me to Lucas Lucenta and when we walked through the church that he had just did the illustrations on your beautiful children's wing of your church that you had just built um, I knew that he was the one I had met prior artists but not one that I feel fit the bill Mm. and that night um, uh, the second night that we were there um, or I think it was the Wednesday night when we stopped at the church um, he was waiting at the door, and prior to the meeting, I was doing my hair. God spoke to me and said, "When you see the the um, the art that he's going to 
show you. It's going to be a snapshot of the images I've placed in your heart for how sick and save are to look. And that's exactly what happened. We stopped at the church, and that night at River of Life, we announced we have found the illustrator for the Seek and Save series, and that's how God had put it together. And so the, the first book came out, Lost at Sea, was in rhyme. We took it to the Republic of Georgia. We gave it out to the Georgian church, and it was the first ever children's book in their language that was done. And um, so it was friendship evangelism because evangelism wasn't allowed in the country. And then after that, we took in 2011, the first 30,000 books to South Africa. Mm. And, and it was this amazing occurrence that happened because uh, the fishes washed out on on the Cape Town um, um, uh, sh- shoreline um, that year. And it was a freak happening at the same time we were distributing seek and save books and it was almost like the lord was speaking to me and saying you see i'm doing this and um i know river of life and you all um have really been partnering too with us and really making that book available to people here in the united states because in africa we've seen 169,000 children connect to christ in public schools wow. and always we've connected the children that we distribute the book to do the skit in public schools with a local church who comes and then they have a great opportunity to connect back to the schools so that's how you know Ministering the gospel and seeing thousands connect to Christ has been so fulfilling. Oh, and I I just love this from start to finish. Just this idea the Holy Spirit gave you, then the way He connects. Because people could be listening and feeling like they have a dream, but they don't know how to make it happen. And yes, there are practical steps, but it it originated in the Spirit with you, and so it's been maintained. If you're watching this episode, you can actually see right behind Sharon. She has a couple of them. How many volumes now have been released, Sharon? Five second five books. Five. Okay. And, um, I'm working on on the others, but um, it's 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 um, the next one is really going to be about discipleship. Okay. And so I wanted to you know to to go a little bit deeper with children. Sure. And, um, so these, um, especially the Great Escape, is really a very great soul winning tool. Mm. But um, the next one, I really want to be an in depth. Um, discipleship of how children can develop the heart of Christ and have the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. Oh, I love that. Flowing in their lives. I want to see a movie. I feel like just like the Incredibles. We need a seek and save movie, right? On all their adventures. Oh, absolutely. Because there's a lot. TBN, TBN, if you're listening, you need to pick this up and make a children's show out of it. Maybe I'm speaking prophetically. I'm just feeling that in my spirit. Like, wouldn't this be an amazing television show you know and, and angela you, that's my dream yeah oh. that's my dream because you know we we just want evangelism we, we yeah. just want children to connect to jesus and what better because jesus is the hero it's the yes. right hand and the left hand of christ to seek and save the lost and these are the superheroes hmm. seek and save seek the geek save the brave and I then of course it. Cal, who was silly but now he's a sage and then we've got our first um girl in the show Yay. so it's show and tell that you know tells the stories of seek and save I love it. And we have partnered as a church. If you're listening, you're a church, you're a leader, you're a pastor. We have done a number of, of events at the church where we handed out, 
you know, the Seek and Save books. I taught them, brought them uh, with me to Ghana and we had them out at kids camps. I sent you pictures from there and I taught that to the children. That was the base of the curriculum that I used there and expounded on it. I know you have even the big, um, you know, full life-size Seek and Saves Mm -hmm. that, that you've taken with you to Crusades. So I would love to hear a little bit about the Orphan Center as well, because somewhere in this, you actually founded the Seek and Save Orphan Care Center. How did that come to be? You know, Angela, we actually had a a tremendous opportunity to go and pastor a church. And one of the things was they wanted us to put Seek and Save on hold for two years. And Rudy and I just felt, no, Hmm. it can't. And that was almost like our clear signal that this is more important. This is too important. Mm -hmm. And it was during that time that I herniated the disc in my back and everything came to an halt. God spoke to me and he said, Sharon, you need to get involved with orphans because the orphans and the widows are the most important to me. So I started saying, Lord, I don't know how to do this. And Rudy and I, I started Googling, you know, immediately how God speaks to you and drops something in you. You want to be like, you know, jumping at the bit to let's just do this. And I started Googling, how do I start an orphan care center in Africa? You know, you Mm. know, kind of found out that you can't just start something new, especially in South Africa with the Ubuntu um, law that um, kind of got got introduced through President Pandela that it'll take a village to raise a child. Hmm. And that community is very, very important um, at the heart of orphan care in in South Africa. So we started praying and saying, God, show us. And um, we had already prior to that um, went and gave out food at a little orphan care center that a church in or a little orphan um, program that a local church in South Africa was doing. And we became partners with this local church. And I said to them, how can we make your dreams come true and they said oh we've got many dreams but we don't know how so the first thing is we took 104 backpacks for 104 of the orphans that were going to this this little group and um, we took clothes and uh, shoes everything we packed it with undies everything we wrapped it up t-shirts shorts and pushed it in the shoes, took it to the orphan care center and had their first birthday that these kids have ever experienced in their life. We we did a big birthday bash. And then um, half of those children couldn't show up because they lived too far away. So we actually found out that because they were so far away, they are missing out on much of what was happening. Mm -hmm. So we decided to build an orphan care center in this remote part, and it's in the Shabalala village. And um, so now these kids are not just um, helped spiritually, but they are also helped physically. We have got an, uh, a clinic that they can get the AIDS medication as well as the TB medication distributed to them. And it does not just serve the children, but the community. So we've got widows and the, the aged coming. Um, we gave them readers that they now can read with. Aww. We've even given them um, tools so that they can um, be a blessing to their community. And now the grandmas are knitting and um, doing fun things while 
everybody's being fed. So we're very excited about that. And then the children are come and get a meal every day, as well as having access to a computer learning center. So they are taught skills, life skills of um, how to do sustainable farming. Every little kid has got a little garden in a tire so that they plant. Oh, their my seeds. goodness. Oh. <laughs> it's very sweet. But with COVID, we, it was a challenge. So we, the kids had to be assimilated into um, little communities, into little, the homes. So instead of feeding the kids at the center, we actually were feeding the ho- whole household that they were assimilated in. And um, the funny story that happened was the kids would come back um, after a day of school or whatever with different masks. And they would say, where's the mask that, that you had? And they, no, we swapped them out with the other kids. Oh. So they liked them better. So. <laughs> I don't know how much good that's doing, but, no. but it's, it's so sweet. sweet. <laughs> well, what I love is, is your heart for, well, number one, the children, but even for the whole family there that you're ministering to, but you are really literally like a Deborah, a modern day Deborah. You're a mother among mothers in Israel. And I just feel like you, you don't want to see village life ceased. You know, it said that village life ceased until she arose. And so even the question that you said, how could we make your dreams come true? I mean, what a forward thinking visionary question. You and your husband, Dr. Rudy are such visionaries and it's so evident. And we share a mutual love for the, for the continent of Africa. You move from Africa here and I want to move from here or there, but <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, I'm content. I'll say I'm content because the Lord has planted me and my husband here. And we've loved having you at our church so many times, but I do have a foot in each continent. I love the continent of Africa and love the people of Africa. So I know you've had some, I'm sure stories there with the orphanage, but I would love to know maybe one of the most meaningful moments you've had in a crusade. Um, I've heard so many of your stories behind the scenes, so I could pull out any number of them. You've had encounters with witch doctors, with shamans, with healings. It has been not for the faint of heart. Your ministry is is rich in the supernatural. But tell me maybe one or two of the most meaningful moments you've either had in a crusade or somewhere on the field or or one of each. What what kind of rises to the surface for you? Oh, Angela, there's been so much, but I just got to say this to me, the real heroes are the people that are on the ground. Yeah. You know, we, we resource, we, we make their dreams come true by giving them wells and giving them mm. everything that they need. But they are the heroes to me. Those that are on the boots on the ground every single day, you know, we come and go, but they are the ones, you know, like Mama Sapiwe, that's part of our orphan care center, the, 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 the workers that, that go and, and bite by the people with AIDS and, you know, help these kids that are covered with feces. I mean, you know, those are the heroes to me. And it feels like I do so little, you know, when you, when you look in retrospect to, they are truly the ones that I believe it's going to get the biggest reward, you know, so I'm, I feel at a loss when I think of what they do, but yes, with you and, and with me, we resource them. We have to do that. And you, you impact so many people the stories I mean the more we go the more stories we've gotten the more sure. God we you know we come back and and say God did this 
this. I think I, I always marvel because just like you, every trip you, 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 you do, you can come back with a testament of what happened. So they all stack up and there are so many. I must say one of the, 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 the greatest things is always seeing children come to Christ. Yeah. Invite Jesus into their heart. Two stories stand out for me. The one when a little boy that was the most outrageous in being the most obnoxious and the teacher mm. screaming his name came to me and asked me with this very sincere face, if this, the, the Jesus that he just heard about is a storybook Jesus or a real life Jesus. Mm. And I looked at him, his name was Russell. And I've got a picture of him um, that is always so near and dear. He had a SpongeBob SquarePants hat on his head. And um, I said to him, Russell, did you say that prayer and invite Jesus into your heart? Mm. And he said, yes. And I said, well, Russell, then he is the, the realest, real Jesus that you will ever hear about. He is not just in a story, big book, superhero, but he lives now inside of your heart. And you can talk to him anytime you wish. Russell stood there, this kid that was so obnoxious and big tears came rolling down Russell's cheeks. Mm. I knew that the reality of who Jesus is set into this little boy that was living in um, Elsie's River, a gang-infested territory where most of the teachers actually would um, take turns to stay after school until 8 o'clock at night because the children are too afraid to go back oh, wow. to their villages. Because we, while we were there, we heard the, the shots fired because this is in shanty villages. Mm. Russell knew the real-life Jesus coming mm. to Another story is where our books was held for ransom in Tanzania. That's right. And, I remember that. And a, a, a Muslim group, you know, took us to a village where it, it was very, very um, challenging. Rudy, my husband, negotiated with him. And um, that morning, I remember praying for four days, we could do no ministry. We just sat you know how it is, Angela, yeah. when you've, you've got to minister and, and the schedule is set and every day you are uh, missing the opportunity for thousands to hear about Jesus. Mm. And we sat there day in and day out. And this morning, I can remember, I woke up. I was so mad. I got up. I said, Lord, today I need you to step up and to, to show us that you are a God whose reputation is intact because you are a God of miracles and I believe you and I trust you to live up to your reputation today. Yes, yes. And so we had communion every morning with our team that was a church from Texas and they were chomping at the bit to do ministry. And we got at that breakfast morning, Rudy went around and he asked, he said, everybody just tell what are you expecting God for? Mm. What, what are you waiting on God for today? And I said, I am expecting God to live up to his reputation because like Elijah pulled fire from heaven, I'm calling God to his reputation, which is infallible, impeccable. An hour later, Angela, the people who wanted thousands of dollars more holding our books for ransom finally settled when the truck driver came and Rudy opened up the truck and showed him that he is holding our gospel books in Swahili for ransom. Um, that's what it was all about. 
he finally settled for a snapshot on a cell phone that had the worst resolution. He wanted a selfie with the author, and that was in the <gasps> Wow. So that, you know that that is God. That's such a God story. Oh, my from thousands of dollars wanting rent for a, a, a screen, a snapshot of me on one of these old flip phones that wow. you could probably not even make out who I was. And it was a bad hair day to boot, <laughs> you know. But that's, that just shows the power of God. And we don't even know why the delay was there. Maybe we'll never know. I do remember the delay, but I didn't remember that's how it resolved. And I feel like this is the way that you and your husband, this is the way you live. You live really fueled by supernatural fire, by supernatural encounters, the Holy Spirit, I've just never known you any other way. So that doesn't surprise me, to be honest, just because it's just the way the Holy Spirit flows so evidently in your life. And I would really love to have like another hour that I could just ask you about all these different experiences and encounters. But but your husband has written a number of books as well. They're available um, at your website, which is godsglory.org. I want to make sure and I'll put that in the show notes as well. But I don't want to um, end the episode without asking you about your kind of a newer venture that you have, because this is National Anti-Bullying Month. If you're listening in the month of October. So what is the hashtag Inc and how can churches be a part of this? Cause this is something brand new with a whole new uh, avenue of evangelism and ministry. And, and that website is hashtag Inc.org. Uh, so tell us a bit about that before we wrap up today. Um, a church in Georgia asked us to partner with them to go to a, a local school. And so um that's how the story came about. The principal looked at the second side book, said it was too blatantly gospel. Hmm. And um, he asked me if I would do something. So I actually wrote a screenplay or a play for them called Hashtag um, Big Bad Bully. And um, we did it for the school. And it turned out to be a book. And so we started the hashtag Inc. Uh, anti-bullying platform that we can go into local schools, do um, the skit, the drama, and give every child a resource that connects kids to what to do when you're bullied, how to um, combat bullying. And hashtag is actually an acronym for have a sweetheart treat all good mm. and so we 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 introduce kids to the slogan and um have them take the hashtag pledge um you know the hashtag pledge yes. to have a sweetheart to treat all good and so we're connecting local churches to the schools mm. and um, having the, the church invite kids afterwards after we've done the 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 play which is not christian based but has great christian morals to it and um, of how to address this bullying of to be kind to treat others the way we want to be treated too and we know that that's what jesus taught you know love your neighbor as you love yourself and mm-hmm. so the all these principles then we are making plain and then the the churches are inviting the kids to go and hear about who the biggest, baddest bully is. 
Mm, so churches can partner with hashtag. I know schools are just opening up now. Um, this is airing in October. So schools are in full swing. I know COVID put a damper on it, but what a powerful resource that's, that is so needed. Our children are struggling with anxiety, mm-hmm. traumatized, a lot of them PTSD from everything that we've been through in the last year. So that is hashtag inc.org. If you want to know more about that, look that up as well as God's glory.org, which is where your ministry resources are there. Your husband's ministry. If you're looking for a powerful couple to come in and minister, whether it's marriage conference, whether it's revival, whether it's just imparting, um, just an infusion of the Holy spirit in your church, you're going to want to bring Dr. Rudy and Sharon in. I I've lost count of how many times we've had you because we, we just love you that much. It's been that great. We've, we've, been overseas with you and, and and the power of God rests on you in such profound ways. And listen, guys, Sharon is going to pray over us in just a moment, but I always like asking all of my guests this question as I close. And that is other than Jesus, what person in the Bible are you most excited to meet in heaven? Who's inspired you to make your life matter? Is there a question you want to ask? I can't wait to hear your answer. You know, Angela, oh, there's so many, as you know, but Elijah always stands out. Uh, yeah. And um, what I love about his ministry was he he was always waiting on God. You know, he was he was wanting to connect for, for God to show up, to, you know, like praying fire from heaven, but preparing the way. And you know what makes me the most exciting is uh, the most excited is I feel in our season, Rudy and I, is is for uh, the Lord is calling us to anoint the kings, the prophets, and the priests. Mm. Just like, you know, Elijah was to anoint the king, the prophet, the priest in his stead. I feel like where we go, we need to um, stir up those with, with the king's ministries, with the priestly ministries, with the prophetic ministries, to get people connected to God. And the most exciting is... Elijah is still coming back, you know, to be one of the the last witnesses. So, you know, never to have a ministry that expires, but always to have something Mm. to look forward to. And I think that is where my heart is. I'm like, Lord, don't um, let me just sit on a shelf and let it be over. But let there always be something in the future blazing even if I live to be a hundred years old, I still want to be able to do something for Jesus. So I don't hope, you know, the Lord takes that long before he comes. <laughs> I know at the rate we're going, I might see you in heaven in a week, uh, but, but Hey, we want to take as many people with us and, Amen. and Amen. both, both you and I have ministered or been a part of a crusade with Reinhardt. I know you work with him much more closely than I did with Evangelist Bonky, but he used to say, we plunder hell to populate heaven. And that's what we're here to do, to blaze a trail, not for our glory, but for God's glory, which is so evident in your life. So Sharon, I, I, I could not think more of you. I just, I just hold you in such high esteem guys. She is absolutely the real deal. If you, um, if you just need to soak in the presence of God, you're going to want to get her music. If you want to, to bless children, both here in the United States and abroad, you're going to want to get her seek and save books, her hashtag your pastors, leaders, you're going to want to read Dr. Rudy's books. They are, they are really just dynamite 
in, in, in physical form. So um, thank you, Sharon. Thank you for lending your voice here to the podcast and all the ways you're making life matter. I want to have you pray over us in just a moment. I'm going to read today's truth that matters. You mentioned it. It was the scripture the Lord led me to. I actually read it in my quiet time yesterday and I thought, well, thank you, Holy Spirit. There is the scripture for Sharon's episode comes from Luke chapter 19. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus that was in Jericho and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. That's a prerequisite for all of us. If we want to see who Jesus was and know him, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, called him by name. I love this. Sharon Zacchaeus come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, wait, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the court, just like that little boy, Russell, a real encounter with God is happening here. And the response is evident of that. I will give half my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And this is Jesus's response. I'm getting emotional because this is the heart of Jesus. But Jesus said today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So we are just partnering with him until eternity to see as many people binge Jesus, know Jesus, <laughs> love Jesus, know all the things about Jesus. And um, thank you, Sharon. Thank you for you and your husband. You have persevered. You've endured. We didn't have a chance to talk about you've been through a painful physical trial, and yet you've just continued um, to serve God so faithfully through all of it. And uh, I thank you for that. So I want to just invite you to pray over our listeners, especially anyone who's listening. If you don't know Jesus right now, this can be your Russell moment. This can be your Zacchaeus moment. God is a no respecter of persons. He wants to meet you right where you are and to know that you are loved. You are seen by him and that you are rescued by him. He, you are the reason that he came. So Sharon, pray for us today. Father, we pray for everyone who feels so insignificant, so tiny, just like Zacchaeus, maybe, um, so little that needed to climb up a tree, Lord, to, to do something to be able to see you. I thank you, Lord, that for this platform that you have, have brought today, for people to be able to connect, to almost be like a tree, Lord, that they can climb up to meet with you. And I thank you that you are coming this moment into wherever they are, into the living room or wherever, Lord, to make yourself known as the savior, as the healer, as the deliverer, as the one who makes dreams come true, as the one that brings forth life. I thank you, Lord, that nothing is insignificant in your hand. And Lord, even the sinners, us all, we have all sinned and fall short of your glory, but you have not stopped, Lord, but but you have come every, you've made 
every attempt to reach down to the lowest of low to lift us up and lift us out. Lord, to spend time with the most unworthy because you are the worthy one. I thank you that today you do that. Lord, I thank you that you place within the hearts and the minds of every woman listening, every person listening. Lord, that vision that you want for them. Lord, that you've come to seek them. You've come to save them and that we all together can collaborate as Elijah called fire from heaven. You, Jesus, have have baptized us with the Holy Spirit and fire to even in this time, in this day, in this age, know the fullness of who you are, that you are the son of God. You are the one, the all-consuming fire that sets us, our hearts and our minds ablaze with the reality of you, the real life Jesus, not just in story form, but living and working and moving in us to make yourself known to the world around us. Break our hearts with what breaks yours. Move us with what moves you. Give us compassion for those, Lord, that you have compassion on. And thank you that we can have your mind and have your heart. Let your word reside in us and move and make us strong. Today we ask in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.